We had a collaboration with some Chinese com uh, Chinese uh, scientists. Here we have a vaccine. What is the problem? Get over it. What we are very proud of now is that we penetrate the cabinets. Seriously, I'm, I'm making a serious point. I don't know what half of them are protesting against. We've still got Fauci walking around free. The man should be in irons in the darkest pit. As much as he touts that he cares about it, he doesn't. This is our revolution. It's not theirs. Don't let them take it from you. Don't let them convince you that it's their revolution when in fact it's not. It's ours. And we will have it. It is the last podcast of the year. We weren't actually going to do this, but um, we're all bored. So we thought we would sit down, and I proposed it to you guys a couple of days ago to have a uh, a last podcast of the year, if you will. And for those that are just joining us after the holiday season, after you've been recommended by your friends and family members over the Christmas holiday season, we'd like to welcome all of you. I'm Johnny Anderson, alongside Marty Foster and Ned. We will be having a two-hour roundtable discussion to kind of finish off the year this evening. So I'll start with you, Ned. How are you? Because I apparently I, I never start with you because you, you say that I purposely skip over you whenever Bruce is on. And Bruce isn't here today. He's dealing with some technical difficulties. So, Ned, how are you? Um, I want to go second. You want to go second? Okay. Marty, how are you today? <laughs> Despite my laughter, I, I'm in mourning. Um, mourning? After 27 years, a faithful and trusted friend became of no no more use to me. My extremely sturdy and powerful uh, staple gun broke <laughs> after 27 years. Here I'm thinking it's, and, uh, you know, a long lost friend or, you know, maybe a maybe a close relative you know, or something like that. You know, maybe not somebody that's an immediate relative or something. You, you lost somebody that was very close to you, but a staple gun. I was very attached to that staple gun. It's seen me through thick and thin. Um, I've built several structures using it to to put the lining up in a couple of three sheds um put things together and it, it's gone it's gone after 27 years one plastic part it had and that one plastic part is what finally failed today um so yeah that's me i'm 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 very sad because i'm gonna have to go out and spend good money on a new one okay. so ned now that you can be a considerate lover and come second how are you <laughs> i'm fine I'm just mourning all the sheds that you haven't got that you built and are all not there anymore. <laughs> well, that first, well, that, they do tend to be s stealth sheds, you know, no right angles, uh, nothing that you could get radar bouncing off of accurately. Never heard of a stealth uh, and, shed you know, before. Despite, <laughs> yeah, the stealth shed. Well, you wouldn't have. Couldn't even see it. See? Well, that's it's true. It's gone now. You can't yeah, see yeah, it at it's, all. It's gone. I had a feeling that this was going to be a you know comedy show more so than a uh, than an actual podcast. But we are actually going to discuss some some relevant topics. And like I said, we're bored now. See, Ned's getting his game face on. That's that's what he's in. Now he's all yeah. He's all serious. He's, he's sitting up forward now, and he's facing straight into everybody. And he's like, "Yep, <laughs> let's get into some serious stuff." Anyway, just to let let it, let it rip. I'm nice and healthy. Loads of people are sick. Well, oh. My mother, bless her, was given a vaccine, and um, she then got COVID. At 101, that's a bit of a um, bind. Uh, so, how, um, how's she getting along? That bit I'm not happy about, but that's I can't do anything about that. Yeah, how's she, how's yeah. she getting along? Pretty cheesed off. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, I'm sure. You know, you had, you talked uh, before about how she's not done any of that stuff before, and, and she's all about, you know, taking care of herself naturally and stuff like that's, that. And that's because she's been looked after, if you see what I mean. 
yeah yeah problem. yeah yeah of course the best um, the best will of uh, what is it um road to hell is what Paid with good, good intentions. Good intentions, exactly. Yeah. Somebody has to pay the price. And, and no good deed goes unpunished. Yes. That's exactly. <laughs> right. an interesting way of looking at it. So I suppose by you saying that, you want to start with that topic this evening. You want to start with some some COVID news because not really. They're not pushing really, up because it's rolling out there. Yeah, well, they're they're pushing a new thing. You notice this is about the same time as 2019. We're actually in the same window as what it was we, in 2019. We're talking about Sears, are we? Or are we not? Well, about that? now that's it. Now that's interesting because we played the Sears thing last week. Uh, you know, we we played yeah. the um, you know the little promo, and the funny thing was is they actually used the same promo music as they did with Event 201 when they tabletopped the coronavirus pandemic, and then it happened a couple of months later. Well, they tabletopped, you know, Gates and company, they tabletopped this, uh, whatever this was, the Sears pandemic, and now all of a sudden we're we're getting like this new, uh, what's it called? X, uh, XB, hold, hold on a second. XBB is the new uh, variant that they're talking about. Coincidentally, it's it's coming out of China. Now, you can look at what's going on in China in a number of ways. You can look at it as it's legitimate or it's not legitimate. To be honest with you, I don't know. I don't believe really anything out of the Chinese Communist Party anyway, because they're all about deception and, and production value and all the rest of it and propaganda. That's what they do. So it gives them a couple of options here. It gives them the ability to crack down on opposition. So if you've been paying attention to what's going on in China, as far as the Chinese state media, a lot of their top inter-party members, especially people that are have been, you know that are up there at age, they've all died of COVID in the last week or so. Same thing with uh, a lot of their university, top university people, uh, top university professors and, and things that they, you know, they teach in their, their schools and things like that. Dead. A lot of people that interpreted yeah. Mao's writings, you know, uh, uh, expert on, on Maoism, dead. So, it gives them the ability to to do that. At the same time, they're also opening up after you had a backlash from the Chinese people protesting against the COVID restrictions from the Chinese Communist Party. So now it gives the Chinese Communist Party a perfect out, if you will, to blame the Chinese people saying, well, see, you, you wanted all these restrictions removed and we tried to stop this, but it's your fault that all of this is happening. So it gives them the opportunity to, to shift blame back onto the people that were protesting against them. Now, you can look at it like that, or they release something else. I don't know. I'm just asking because it plays both ways. I do know that a lot of people um, have really suffered with what they consider to be much heavier cold, sore throat, all those symptoms, but are not testing positive for COVID. They've still got tests lying around their house. They've become ill. They've done a test and it's not COVID. So I've explained to all of them that what I think is is something that we've we've all discussed which is the the fact that um all that time mask wearing all that time social distancing and on top of it the 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 snake oil there's lots of other bugs that have developed mutated and and will be going around and they're hitting everybody a lot harder than they would have done had they have maintained their natural immune system so i i don't I, I don't know either whether they've released something else. If they've got a new name for it, chances are they have. But if they're just letting it be called the, you know, seasonal flu, seasonal cold, then possibly not. It's it's just um, a byproduct of restrictions. Well, if you think about it, the biggest problem with your uh, 
vaccine is, it gives you immunodeficiency. But when you have it, the people know that it doesn't stop transmission. It doesn't actually cure it. Cure the, it's not a vaccine. I mean, we've got to have another word for it because it's not a vaccine. It doesn't give you immunity at all. But what it does do, it makes you more susceptible to everything else. So they're discovering now that even if you have uh, an underlying problem already, you get vaccinated, that could ramp up that problem and bring it more to the surface. And this is why they say people are either dying or becoming hospitalized due to existing problems. The actual vaccine is ramping the problem up. It's actually because it's breaking your, your system's too busy fighting the creation of all these spike proteins that are just going everywhere across every membrane. And it's just, it's, it's tiring them down. It's wearing them down and their system just can't fight things. We, and this we is have a natural an... progression, a, a very nice crawl where people are going to be falling over over the long term. We haven't heard the, the phrase cytokine storm recently, but when we first started talking about this, it was certainly proposed by us that looking at the the physical or the photographs of the lungs and tissue of the test animals, they were completely destroyed. They were destroyed by cytokine storm, which is this rapid replication uh, of of these spike proteins within the cells of the lungs, totally destroying the, the creature's ability to respire. So if it's the same thing... response of your own system. Over-response yeah. of your own system, therefore your system starts to become your own enemy. Well, certainly, exactly. you know, if you can't draw breath and transfer oxygen through your various ventricles, and, and I can't remember the word, but they look like cauliflowers. Uh, if you can't transfer oxygen through your cauliflowers yeah go through on. your cauliflowers yeah, into your capillaries <laughs> and into avioli 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 yeah, is the word yes, it is. <laughs> because your lungs are being written you know the cells the actual cells in the tissue that make up these structures within the lungs are being ripped apart by protein spikes and and masses of um you know replication of of these protein spikes as a result of the vaccine, not even as a result of being infected with COVID, but, but as a result of the vaccine, then that's why those figures on those charts from the ONS are now showing that more vaccinated people are dying than um, unvaccinated people. But we've also got to take into account the age brackets and the first people to be vaccinated and then subsequently boosted were of an older generation and it's their time. So, you know, we we need we need more accurate graphs from our various statistics organizations like well, the ONS graphs. that take into account um the age brackets as well. Well, you, there you are don't. some, but the thing is it got released on the day the, you told you told me this. Yep. The day the day before Boris, Boris resigned. Yep. The day before so, Boris resigned, it was overshadowed. The ONS released a set of results or basically mortality rates across the board. They actually set them up in ten year span, like from uh, you know, like uh, ninety years plus. They put that in one thing, they said eighty to eighty nine, seventy nine, sixty sixty nine, fifty to fifty nine, forty nine, forty to forty nine, so forth downwards. <laughs> And they packaged 1839 as the adult era together. But the thing is, they did this for three jabs. 
first, second, and third. So we've got these triple vaccinated people and double vaccinated singular vaccine. And if you look on the ONS site, it's all there for looking looking at. And they, it's all about mortality rates and how the vaccine, it's not about curing, it's not about deaths. It's about how these people have responded and they've been affected and their systems are degenerated and become more susceptible to other things. So basically, they put the higher mortality rates and it, it, it's simple, uh, 18 to 39 202%, 40 to 49 is up by 40%, 17% next 10 years. And as it goes up, you've got anywhere between 100% plus and 300%. It's so affecting in that, in that, sorry, what you're saying there is in that age bracket, 18 to 39, there is 200% as in twice, no, three times as many, what's the word? Unexpected deaths or excess deaths in that age bracket due to any manner of things the mortality rates against all else things have gone up because of those vaccinated people compared to and this is they've compared these against unvaccinated people unvaccinated people are way down to these and they're just yeah our natural immune systems are still intact the the natural immune system is still intact i mean but even so this is this this is again it goes back to what's going on with china this could also be another cause is they've been locked down for two years off and on right it's been sporadic lockdowns but they're looking to do the same thing again here they're looking to go after the people that haven't gone along with the jab campaign because they need to diminish everyone else's immune systems to make them susceptible so if you <laughs> no i'm serious that that's what they Sorry. do that i mean yeah no 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 the, the word vac- those that are vaccine suffering from vaccine hesitancy yes ha- vaccine hesitancy yeah. yes and we'll we'll get into some of that today but no it's if you stay away from people as in like lockdown you socially distance and, and isolate and all that stuff if you stay away from people if you stay away from that um I guess those garden variety uh, germs and bacteria and viruses and everything else, you're going to be more susceptible. Your your immune system is not going to be as strong as it otherwise would be. Yeah, you need you, you need your natural pathogens exactly. to actually help you against the stronger exactly. ones. I think That's I'm only I think I'm only half joking here, but there's there's two things that have occurred to me out of this uh, conversation so far. One is we need something like uh, like the bogeyman Gates thought of. Like the germ team, but what we need is every time there's a major resignation or something that's been orchestrated by government, we need a team that is looking deeper into everything else that's happened in that last couple of days. Because they did this with 9-11, they slipped things with all that bad news, they slipped things out and put made them public but knowing full well that virtually no one is going to pay any attention to those things. So so we, we, we really do need a dedicated team that can go, oh, yeah, this happened. However, this also happened and you need to know about it. Well, that's, that's what, what, what I would have... Ex- ex- but that's what we yeah, do. Yeah, that is what we do. <laughs> that, that is what we do. But we need more people to listen to us. So and and they need to pass it on to their friends. That's what I'm saying. We we need that information disseminated. And I I, I look after a, a, a basset hound. And is this Reggie? is the other thing, by the way. And Reggie's fine. He likes to be very close to you. And I did wake up the other morning with his wet nose in my armpit, which was kind of unpleasant. <laughs> But at the same I time, reassuring. With his big old floppy ears. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
but he had a problem. He had a problem with um, with putting weight on because most bassets are quite fat. They're they're fairly chubby little dogs. Well, they're not really little. They've just got little legs. You can relate to that, obviously, Ned. Joking, I am. But what they had to do was they had to give him a fecal implant from another dog to restart his gut fauna. And it was an expensive operation. Can you imagine how many vaccinated uh, people are going to need an unvaccinated person to to swap spit with them, you know, to... to to get down and dirty, I to can't cross even. over. I can't all of that. Is this the part you were oh, half joking about or, or what? Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> right now, no, I, I hear what you're saying. Let, let's go back. Yes, let's, let's step away from that. Let's let's go back to what you were talking about as far as as far as people need to listen. I agree that people need to listen. And and now is the time for people to listen. If you're not paying attention now, then or by now, rather, then I don't really see uh, a, a way out for you. I mean, other than the fact that you're going to hit rock bottom and I hope it doesn't kill you in the process, right? So it's just like a drug uh, a drug addict. But we, but we need them. We need them as much as they need us. That's the thing. That's true. That's um, true. Because uh, so many of them are of that attitude uh, that I explained to you about the people I was visiting a little while ago who said, oh, I'll pay attention when it affects me directly. And people still... There are people, many, too many people, who still believe they haven't been affected because they can afford their electricity bills, because they haven't got that ill, because they didn't mind being shut in their homes and uh, and not allowed to go too far. Because when you get to a certain age, you don't want to go out. You've got everything around you. you you've got all, all your... All your entertainment, your hobbies, the TV, uh, your comfy bed, your your comfortable armchair. Right. And, and you don't want to go out. So these people you're describing haven't 15, noticed. You're describing 15-minute yeah, city. sorry, God. No, you, I, I'm sorry. I don't mean to interject, but you're describing the 15-minute city. And we're going to get well, into that very shortly. I knew we were going to get there because I've got one or two things to say about that. Mm-hmm. But um, <laughs> I hope so. Yeah, But, I, I but Marty, so. what you just described isn't just the older people now. No, younger, it's not. younger ones, all the generations, all the way down now. That is why you've got that a response, and you get the response. The ultimate response is, well, I'll, well, I'll be dead in a few years, so who, why should I care? They have just turned into self-possessed, selfish individuals. They are, it's self-destructive, and people don't care about it. Those, in, yeah. those in power, they want that. They want that. That is working for them. This is where people have got to sort of... It, the only answer to it all is just don't take the vaccine. Just, just retake your own medical health and look after yourself. Otherwise, you're going to... The, the um, middle age dates, the, your life expectancy is all going to be radically reduced by decades, five years. You're going to watch it backpedal down to whatever. And they'll blame, they'll blame every individual out there and if they want to blame the unvaccinated, I don't care because I will still be alive 50 years and they. So to, to kind of tie in your point, Ned, about the age brackets and to tie in your point, Marty, about not paying attention and we need people to pay attention. You've got two versions. And I, I was explaining this over the holidays to somebody. You've got two versions of the same reality that we're all looking at because you've got people that are paying attention to whatever in the hell this is that I'm about to play. And then you've got people that are paying attention, eyes up to the situation, such as ourselves, looking at the actual numbers and the hard data. But this is what the people are being fed on the television. 
even today. Before you play that, uh-huh. before you play that, we should explain to the listeners, um, and I dare say this is already on the Telegram page or about to be, that this guy looks like an archetypal Gestapo agent or perhaps the guy off of American Gothic, the painting, the one holding the pitchfork. Could very well. So I just wanted could to be explain that because, you yeah, know. It could, could be either one of those, yeah. Yeah. Such a lovely young lady that hosts this show. She's actually from England. You'll hear. Pennsylvania, Dr. Zeke Emanuel. He is an NBC News and MSNBC senior medical contributor. Dr. Emanuel, thank you for joining us. You know, I listen to that doctor and you hear how tough it is inside hospitals at the moment and the, and the fears of new variants mixed with flu that is coming on. And you would think that the country would respond by saying, OK, we will make sure we are all up to date on all of our vaccines. But I had a strange conversation with my 22-year-old, my 16-year-old last night. And I said, OK, I booked you in for COVID updates. You're both back for the holidays. You're going to get your boosters. And both of them said, no, we don't want to. We've had enough vaccines and we don't think we need them. How can you? I, I was sort of shocked and appalled. But is this the kind of response you're seeing from young people at the moment that they just they think this is over and they don't need any more vaccines? Yes. Uh, but I do would say that, you know, we keep thinking vaccines are going to prevent getting COVID. They don't prevent getting right. COVID. What they prevent is serious illness, hospitalization and death. And young people think they're invincible. And yes, mm-hmm. they are at lower risk from COVID, but that's not zero risk. There are only two things that really can prevent transmission of COVID, the COVID virus. One is a good mask, an N95 mask, and wearing (laughs) it, especially in crowded situations on airplanes and transportation. And the other is better indoor ventilation. Unfortunately, we've gotten to a situation where neither of them seem to be a very high priority uh, to reduce the transmission. Uh, And I think that's where we're at. Putting every emphasis on vaccines is not going to solve this problem. So you Uh, see, we'd need all these restrictions to come back. (laughs) I'm I'm being flippant here, but his voice is... Isn't he the? I'm sure that's not the guy that does Peter Griffin on Family Guy, is it? No, that's but he Seth sounds Farley. like him. Yeah. No, well, that's yeah, yeah. I knew. Marty, you see, the, he's the expert. You shouldn't question him. He's the expert. Question him? If I got within two feet of him, I'd be doing more than questioning him. <laughs> I'm sure he wouldn't like what you had to say. <laughs> no, because I'd, I'd, I'd be you'd be getting up close and cuddly with him. I'd be doing it in, in, through the medium of of mime. But uh, that woman, the anchor. Well, the anchor she with a silent W in front she of it. She was shocked and appalled that her shocked kids and didn't appalled want, that a sixteen-year-old and twenty-two-year-old have got more fucking sense than she has. Yep. Well done, guys. Stay that way, as far as I'm concerned. Tell but them she's sold out. Way. She she's part of the 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 mainstream media, and obviously she hasn't done a good enough control uh, exercise on on her own offspring because. They are saying, get stuffed, mum. You can stick your snake oil right up your jacksy. And that's what they that's what more of these teenagers need to do. But they need to do it for the right reasons. Teenagers and, and people in their twenties tend to rebel anyway, but do it for the right reasons. Do it from an informed standpoint, not just because you don't want to do what mum says. We don't um, know. They they might have done it from that. We don't know that. But hopefully they did, and hopefully they talked to others. And it's got to start somewhere. And if it's a handful of them, yeah, make it two handfuls of them. A whole well, playground full of them. I, I still can't get over the fact that just about every um, Democrat biased newsreader and guest that they have on 
reminds me of some cartoon character. It's like almost like it, it's a freak show that our media and your media at the moment is a freak show. It's everything. There's, it's there's everywhere. Worst I'm, I'm in a, on. Yeah, I'm in a non-English uh, country and it's the same here. It's a clown show. I mean, yeah, but you add the German seasoning to it. It's a little bit more serious, but, but it's, you know, it's a clown show. It's the same more thing. I'm like, where, yeah, it is. I'm like, yeah. where, where in the world do they get these people? Like, I'm trying to figure this out. What the, and I don't, I know, Marty, I know you're into theater and stuff and I'm not, I'm not criticizing that whatsoever, but these people look like people <laughs> that you would be throwing off the stage to get about like these are like central casting rejects most of these people <laughs> sorry we both had to laugh at that but yeah there's, there's always a role for someone as as you get older and more craggy looking oh, come at, on darling look, looking at myself <laughs> yeah but you you get actually you get better roles you get better roles as you get older and more craggy yeah yeah i can't wait to play the thief master out of um, oliver fagin you know, in this life, one thing counts what, in the bank, larger man. <laughs> Oi vey, yeah. I can't wait. To, that was a bit, sorry. That wasn't meant to be anti-Semitic. It's just that's the way that the character is played. So, yeah. I, that's another good one. I reckon you'd pull that one off. Fiddler at the top of. And most yes. of these idiots on you TV look like fiddlers on a roof. That's what they look like. They're all on the fiddle anyway. They're all on the fiddle bunch of morons up there like it, the, these these people and when they come face to face that that's the problem is you can tell like that that's a mark of how fake these people are because when they actually get questioned on something they run they don't say anything you know they're terrified that if they actually get asked a real question on something then they're not going to know what to do and they're going to look really stupid so it's, they it's like yeah go on that ass hat hancock he explained <laughs> on uh i'm a celebrity get me out of here in the jungle about the politicians pivot when they're asked a direct question they have to be thinking on their feet and pivot onto a slightly different topic subject yeah and and get away from the actual direct question they were asked yeah, apparently his latest book has proved to be an absolute flop <laughs> um that's that's how it was headlined hancock's book is a flop well, that man's next flop needs to be through a trap door in Belmarsh Prison. That needs to be his next flop. Right next to Tony Blair. I tell, I, sure. I tell yeah. you what, you know, you know, these these hopefully these kids are gonna these twenty year olds or teenagers that are telling their parents to sod off to do with a vaccine, hopefully they're just starting to see what a scam it is. And they should be wise to scams when it looks too good or whatever. It, it, it just, you've got to question it. And as soon as they come out with carrot and stick, guys, they're going to do it again. You have to just, if they say you can't go to a nightclub, don't bother. Just to, just have a house party or in well, the back that's garden. Illegal. Or that's illegal. The, the, Not the yet, Met were kicking not. doors. <laughs> <laughs> but you put me on a trail the other day, Johnny. You showed me a picture of somebody getting knighted. Yeah, the uh, uh, it was the CEO of Astra Oxford AstraZeneca. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So obviously you sent me off on a little scurrying. Yeah. I did. I, I just saw the I, photo. That was all. Yeah. I just I tripped over Klaus Schwab's KBE first. Oh goodness. And found that, and that really hurt my senses. But. Apart from that clown, because he's picked everything up in God knows how many countries, for the people out there 
the latest remember i talked about that latest paper which actually came out with all the advisors for the government from the nhs people the usual things and it was all about self-justification of the vaccine and there was not one bit on there that said we're sorry for what happened to the lockdowns or whatever well this is why because amongst those um knighted right there was to do with you had astrazeneca ceo also you had andrew pollard the director of the oxid vaccine group you got sarah gilbert who actually was the project leader adrian hill Peter Horby, Martin Landry, they were the development trials for the Oxford Project, which partnered AstraZeneca. And you had Aziz Sheikh, who did the demonstrating all the effectiveness of the Oxford AstraZeneca, BioNTech and Pfizer vaccines. All of them got knighted and they were associated with AstraZeneca. On top of that, guess who else got knighted? Bisweetie, Jonathan Van Tam. They were the chief and deputy chief of Med Officer England. Gregor Smith who was the Chief Medical Officer of Scotland. Frank Atherton covered Wales. Patrick Valance, basically the Chief Governing Science Advisor. All of these were sage people. All of these were the advisors to the government. Every one of them. And that's the boys. Girls, Emily Lawson, was the Chief Commercial Officer, NHS England. Now, she was overseeing the vaccine administration to how many millions? Jenny Harris, she's obviously the UK Security Health Agency Chief Exec. She did all that. Track and trace. All these people got popping knighted. up on your phone. Yep. Uh, oh June my Rain, God. a chief executive officer of the MHRA, which is a medical health pro- uh, regulatory agency. And they allowed the vaccine through, remember, at what efficacy? Okay. It right, was right. not 90% purity. It was 50 to 55. And every one of them that had a controlling factor within the vaccine and the administration of it are all dames and knights. Like, these are the people that I would have on public trials on international television, and you'd have the hangings after, as in, like, all of that would be televised. I wouldn't be giving them awards at all. These people are guilty of nothing less than than organized mass murder. Expert advice. Your expert advice, which we know by medical law means nothing unless it's backed up by clinical trials. That's in your law of every country. So basically, those people that stood up and told all you vaccinate your children and if your children are telling you to go walk now well done children because you're the future and if you if your parents don't give a shit to you why should you in turn yeah stand up because somebody has to that's a little bit i mean i, I don't want to take anything away from what you've just said there but that, that is a little bit unfair because parents have gone down the route of getting their kids vaccinated because they've been lied to and been told it's the best thing for them. You know, it's it's not because they don't care. It's because they do care, but have been given bad information, I'm not bad saying what they did. I'm not saying what they've done, Marty. I'm saying what they're doing now. If their parents are still standing there and if the adults are still standing there now with everything that's floating around and they can't be asked to question anything, they're putting people's lives on the line the, the only way they're ever going to start somewhere yeah i i agree but the only way they're ever going to question it is um right in we we need that one case that one trial to happen just one of them um mm-hmm. someone that we can really nail something on because in a jury trial the jury are not made aware of the accused's uh, criminal record until after the verdict is given. 
and thereon they can also sometimes be used to make recommendations for maximum sentence and so on based on the past history of the accused and then when they're found guilty. That's what we really need. What we need is that one trial that gets to the public and then after they've been found guilty, because they will be, is for all of that evidence and 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 the history of why they've wound up in the dock gets revealed. Uh, and that's the only way that those people that you're talking about that got their kids vaccinated will ever start to believe they did anything wrong. Uh, if I seem blunt, I'm not going to make any apologies for it because even if this stirs you up to hate me, uh, everybody out there, if you do carry on the way you are, it's too late. If later on, and it's an if, if it's later on, something happens to them, how bad are you going to feel about it? It's no no point feeling sorry later on. We've got to, you've got to wake up now because you've got things you say about the judiciary, but back from April 2021, there's been UK lawyers raising papers with the International Criminal Court about what's been going on. August 2021, France, the Czech Republic, Slovakia, they've put papers into the ICC as well. And again, this December, UK have reiterated, they've all got numbers, these lawyers. They've got papers raised, but... It's quiet, nothing in return. And that's your international courts. And these are the people that were supposed to do things, you know, in the past histories. We're talking against the Holocaust. We're on, on, on about all things that have uh, caused harm to um, mankind. This is about human rights and everything. These people are raising all this and it's quiet. So how tight is this fist? Oh, it's it's... It's infinitely tight because those people sat in those chairs of, of the ICC and the, the European Court of Human Rights have all been put there by the instigators of this plan. Oh, yeah. That's that's it. We There really is that tight a grip. Um, that's why you need the court of public opinion. You're not going to get this through a normal judiciary process. You're going to get it through an angry populace. And, that's, and I'm not talking about like mob rule kind of stuff here. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about you need people standing at the feet of these government institutions and at the judiciary demanding accountability. And it's not happened yet. The only country that I can see that's actually close to it is Germany. And the only reason I say that is because these people are continuing to march. By the way, Ned, they took two days off. Christmas Eve and Christmas <laughs> two Day. Days off, they took two days off. Yeah, there was oh, nothing. They, they're entitled to it. I tell yeah, you, what, if but, they didn't, Krampus would have had something to say. That's about true. That. that is true. But to your point here, before we get too far and before we stray too far, and you're making, you're both making excellent points. Before we were dealing with cognitive dissonance, right? As in like with the parents, whenever they had like their kids vaccinated and something happened to their child, as in they found them dead in their in their bedroom or something like that. And then you just made a, a critical point there, Ned. You said you've got to pay attention now. You got to pay attention now. You don't have time for regret later. You've got to pay attention now. Well, what about the people that were already lied to that do understand now after something tragic happens? I don't know the full scope of the situation here that I'm about to play, but this is a father that lost their 17-year-old son. And I, I don't even I don't even have the ability to to put it the way he does. So I'm just going to let him do it. This was a conference that they had with Dr. Ryan Cole on Twitter, on uh, whatever they whatever they do their uh, Twitter. Yeah. yeah, their spaces, whatever it's called. I, I don't know what or whatever their Twitter thing is, like their, their conference. But anyway, this is what he had to say. A 17-year-old son played hockey his whole life and had to have a vaccine to continue to play. And he went to emergency four days after his vaccine with brown circles around his eyes and vomiting. 
and a rash and an extremely sore shoulder. And the doctor didn't do a D-dimer test. He didn't do a troponin test. He sent him home with Advil. And my son died 33 days later. He was found on the floor beside his bed. He was a perfectly healthy boy with no underlying conditions. And the autopsy is unascertained. They don't have the reason for me. So when people ask me, Dan, how did your son die? I have to say, I don't know. And if someone can prove to me that it wasn't the vaccine, I'll shut my mouth. But they can't. And I'm stuck with unascertained in my head every day. And it's the worst thing in the world to try and grieve your boy with an answer like unascertained. Dr. Cole has proven to the world that these vaccines are bad, yet Dr. Drew stays right down the middle and won't admit that they could be bad. He still gives them to his senior patients. I don't understand what's going on here. I just want the truth because I can't grieve my son without the truth. If it was the vaccine, I need I need to hear that it was. And if it wasn't, I'll admit I was wrong. People call me a crazy anti-vaxxer. People have told me I should be in jail for murdering my son. People told me I'm a terrible father. I just want to know why my son died. I'm not an anti-vaxxer, but I know this vaccine killed my son. And I am living the worst nightmare that anyone could even imagine. That kind of rounds off your point there, Ned. Yeah, I know. And the man he was actually referring to, Dr. Ryan Cole, People should know he's not just a doctor, he's a pathologist. He's an actual pathologist and he's actually looked into bloods. He's actually he actually gets stuff back from all the funeral homes. He's actually looked into looking into those vaccines, all all of them. And they've done uh, mass spectrometry on it, everything, breaking it down to everything. If anybody wants to actually really understand it, he has put a hell of a lot of stuff out there, medically wise and very informative. And he's he doesn't preach. He doesn't do whatever. He just does his job. And he's got labs. And it, yeah, look look him up, people. If you if you're a parent, if you've got the time, if you to care or whatever, just go see what that that chap is talking about. Because yeah, that's a parent that's lost a lost a child. Whether it's a boy or a girl, he's lost a child. And somebody has chosen to sell him that unspecific reasons, unspecified reasons the child died. Unascertained, no. yeah. You, yeah where, where, where are we at right now with um, pathology and the science of determining how someone died? Unascertained is has got to be the biggest insult that they could ever give to that man's family and himself. They know that even if they'd have said heart failure due to whatever, that would have been an answer. But they are covering their asses with that report by saying unascertained because... It can come if, out later. It, well, if and when, or when it comes out later, they, they, they've got an out. Well, they've got an and, out because uh, of the... the um... Uh, the emergency use authorization that was given by the European Medical Association and the FDA. So that's their out right there. And then, of course, now they're making it required as part of, um, you know, as they were going lower and lower with the age bracket, they've made it required to attend schooling now, as in you've yeah. got to have it in order to uh, to go to school. That covers them through the, uh, the younger age brackets as well. So there's no liability here whatsoever. None. Well, I'm, I'm going to put... I'm going to put my tinfoil hat on for a second. Okay. So forgive me. But Ned, say that good doctor's name again, loudly and clearly. Dr. Ryan Cole. Dr. Ryan Cole. People don't forget that name. Just in case 
something happens in the very near future to him. Because if he is receiving, um, you know, pathology from all over the place and collecting a sizable batch of evidence, um, there's a strong possibility that Dr. Ryan Cole may be silenced in some way. So tinfoil hat off. If if you want to understand how daft people they must expect people to be if we get went to our one of our favorite places remember Horseface, that's new zealand isn't it ardern yeah, yeah just into ardern yeah yeah well well out there medsafe is the advisory people yeah that's um the medicines and medical devices safety authority right and here's a quote <laughs> does she get knighted as well is that what you're getting ready to tell me is it that she uh, no 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 <laughs> this is a quote what medsafe, medsafe have put out to the people right some people will experience new illnesses or die from pre-existing conditions shortly after vaccination, especially if they are elderly. But it's and fine. And they put that out there. But no, but it's fine. Taking the vaccine. I mean, that in itself is just ridiculous. It won't be long before she disappears off, off the plot. You know, she'll probably retire to somewhere comfortable, like a stud farm. I believe Sheikh Maktoum is already interested in buying any foals <laughs> that she produces. So, um, yeah, it, yeah, it won't be long. Yeah, but it, it's, you know, like the um, uh, in, in the past, the uh, pathologists and that used to do unethical trials, you know, in the Victorian times, like if they separated, and they had to do it over years to make sure it was right. So they'd separate something like an old people's place and separate the floors. So they'd let... And do everything for one of them, one set of them over a period of years, and then they'd let the others have little jobs to do. And then they come out with it after so many years saying, well, these live longer because you gave them something to do. But these ones died earlier. But then really you had a chance knowing that you could have extended their life, but now you let them die to prove a point. Yeah, well, and that's been happening for centuries and not yeah, just in the field of medical science. It happened within education uh, uh, science as well. They sacrificed whole classes of children by giving each different group a, a different type of or a different way of education so that they could write their books. And we're still using some of that science to this yep. day. Um, yep. People like Maslow, Bloom, all of these people, stay out of all education. of these educational um, psychologists, theorists, we're able to sacrifice whole generations within within a, a given area because you could get away with it then. You know, there's um there's a story about one of the surgeons and, and the reason it's called an operating theatre is because people used to pay to come and watch uh, an operation being done. And this guy was famous for uh, being the fastest surgeon to be able to amputate a leg. And his his catchphrase was "time me," and I'm stealing this from a, from a TV program where I heard it. But basically, he said "time me," and he slipped right the way around the muscle. In doing so, he also cut the man's testicles off, stabbed his assistant, and the spurt of blood carrying sepsis fell into the mouth of a nearby person watching it. All three of them died. So that 
one operation had a 300% death rate, but that's how they were back then. We've come on since then. We should be putting all our checks and measures and, and we've, we've well surpassed that, my friend. We've well surpassed well, the 300% death rate. But no, we ha have we surpassed it? Because they've issued these gene therapies with 50% yeah. purity rates and well, that, no, no, uh, no, what was no, it? See, the no, the no. medical security agency that you were to at oh, the MSHA EMA, yeah. or yeah EMA yeah European they, medical agency they, yeah. they've given these they, they, they've, indemnities they've made Mouse and look like a tea lady yeah come on yeah they have yeah they have well and I, I mean that guy that guy killed three people with one operation <laughs> these bastards are killing effectively millions. Now, you go down that line, yeah, and you say, well, that's what they used to do in the past, and they used to do all these tests, right? So MedSafe, after they've said that, said, therefore, artificial review process includes comparing natural death rates to observed death rates following vaccinations. Oh, my God. So they continue in it so they can get a toll, so they can get, they're doing their clinical trials by using the vaccination so they can compare. Well, so there, well, there's uh, the clinical trials. Yeah, that's that's great. Yeah. <laughs> who was it who said something along the lines of um, it, it's a sign of madness to continue doing the same thing oh, but expecting different that was, results? Was that, that was Einstein? Albert, that was Einstein, yeah. Was he said Einstein, yeah, yeah. doing the same thing. It, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. And, and of course, these idiots are pushing out more vaccines and to observe it now. And and to yep. see how many people die from that. The date is already there. Sorry, let's go Johnny, back. You. No, you're fine. You're fine. No, no, no. You're you're fine. Let's go back a year. Okay. Let, let's just take a step back in time uh, to a year ago. This is last year, and we've got the new meeting coming up here in a matter of weeks. This is last year on the stage at Davos World Economic Forum. Klaus Schwab. And you're, I know, I know, Marty, I know you love him so much. And the CEO of Pfizer, Albert Borla. Now, this is a few minutes long, but what they're going to do and, and how effective their vaccines are. Now, again, this is a few minutes long, but it kind of, kind of if you look at where we were a year ago and then look at where we are now, this is what they were touting then to get us to where we are now. Do we have to expect prolongation of uh, the pandemic or at least the epidemic or uh, how, how would you foresee the future? Yes. Or do we have to, and I may immediately ask a second question, uh, should we be afraid of another virus and um, yeah. what does it mean how we uh, create the necessary resilience personally, nationally, mm. globally? On the first question, I don't think that the virus will disappear. Uh, we are not certain about it, but most scientists agree that the virus will be around forever. But the real question that everybody's asking is not this. It is, can we get our lives back? Can we live normal, can normal economic activity, normal social activity with a virus presence? And the answer is yes, I think we can. Absent a variant that we are not, have not foreseen right now that can happen, but it's not the most likely scenario. I think we have the means right now, very effective vaccines, as the various as the, variant, as, the, as the virus mutates, we have the ability to follow up and, pre, pre, let's say, update the vaccines and to have treatments. With that, people should not die anymore, yeah. even if we are not following the way that we are following the, the social measures in the past. Now, on the second question, shall we are afraid of, of a new 
very different virus that would come, and we have now all these examples with uh, the monkey pox. I don't think we should be afraid, but I think we should be prepared. Yeah. And that should, even the little fear that we have, we should, that should ease it. And if we are prepared, I think science will win. Now, uh, some people may argue, uh, you have now these new treatments. Um, some people may argue, why should I get vaccinated if there is a treatment? Well, how would you respond? Because I think the goal is not for you to get sick and then treat you. <laughs> the goal is to prevent the sickness. Yeah. And that will maximize your chances to do well. And that will maximize the chances of people that you love not to get infected. Yeah. You vaccinate not only for yourself. You vaccinate also to protect society and particularly to protect those that you love the most because they are the ones that you are together. What what do you foresee? Um, I mean, most of uh, we, we, I think we set the standard because in Switzerland, for those who do not know, there are no restrictions anymore. So we set the standard that we uh, require vaccination. Now, how many vaccinations do we need in the future? It's a very good question. And I think, uh, first of all, I think we will need vaccinations in the future, but also I'm concerned that the compliance of the population yeah. with the recommendations of the experts will not be very high. More people did the first dose, and then lesser did the second, and then lesser will do the third and the fourth. And um, so for that reason, we need to find a solution that makes it easy for people to get. And I think this solution, It is the number one priority is to have a vaccine that lasts a year. So once people know that it is once a year, I do it every autumn, for example, fall, uh, I think that will improve the amount of people that are getting the vaccine. And I think you there are also certain attempts to combine it with a anti-flu vaccine. That is another very good way to make it... Uh, Uh, to, to improve compliance. If someone thinks that I'm going to go to the doctor or to the pharmacy, but at least with one shot, I will get two, flu and that also will increase the number. So these are the things. It's very difficult to improve the efficacy right now. It's very, very high. But what you can improve it is uh, how convenient it is and how can last the efficacy for a longer period of time. And we both, the first thing that we exchanged when we set the agreement was that It's going to be an oral agreement for the next uh, couple of months because you don't have time to sign contracts. We start the work immediately. We started the work... In January or when... We started the work in March. Mm -hmm. And the main, we signed the contract after two months, which was only the research. The main contract, which was a commercial agreement yeah. to define billions, basically, of dollars, was signed in January of 21, after everything was done. All of the time, we were operating with uh, the trust of our work. Which doesn't happen in corporate world, right? I, I don't have words for how can two people sitting there having just casual conversation like we're having and, and talking about an agenda that has caused this kind of a fallout. And they knew. It's not as if they didn't know that that's what this was going to do. Well, It's caused this, this kind of a fallout. Told him exactly what it was going to do. The, well, it the, told the them. Table it, it told, yeah, to an extent, yes. It told them what uh, a corona, at least the tabletop told them what a coronavirus release would do, but it didn't do it. They're having more devastating effects with the vaccines than they are with the actual release of the virus. But didn't you? Th don't you think they they knew that because the, well, of course they the, the protein spike that's in the vaccine was patented 
before the major outbreak. And I can't remember exactly when, but it was patented and Gates had something to do with it well before then. But what you've got there, uh, and I have to be really careful of confirmation bias, because when you've got two guys speaking in that accent, which is an archetypal, I've used that word again, sinister Bond villain accent, it immediately I'm I'm predisposed to go anything you say it's going to be a lie and actually you're just explaining your master plan while i'm tied to a bench with a laser coming up the crotch (laughs) that's what i'm hearing when i hear those two guys speak but that was rehearsed that was a rehearsed interview all of those questions what was his name boral borla borla Right. He, by the way, he's not he just what, just for clarification. He's not a doctor. He's actually a veterinarian. Yeah, um, he's just a CEO. So he's a CEO. Yeah, he's see, just a CEO. Yeah. Is he is he a, is he a veterinarian or is he a veteranarian? Which which one is it? <laughs> <laughs> because that, that, was, that, was, that, was, that was the other guy. Question, yeah, that was the other guy that was <laughs> asking the question. Yeah. But again, I've got to be careful of my confirmation bias. But all I could hear were two snake oil salesmen trying to work out how they can keep selling in the same towns. Back in the Wild West, they moved with their bag of snake oil from town to town because by the time the people of the town they'd just sold in realised this thing was absolutely worthless and did nothing, the they were in another town selling more of the, of the crap. Mm-hmm. But what they're trying to work out is how to keep selling it in the same town. And, yeah, it and wasn't that's a, what they're on about. You're you're absolutely right. It wasn't even a it wasn't even a discussion uh, as Borla went on there. It wasn't even a discussion about how we're going to uh, ensure that this is going to be something that's an effective product. We're going to just change the way that we market it to people to get them to continue to to take it. They actually did. They actually did say we can't prove the efficacy of it, but we could get it to piggyback the flu vaccine. <laughs> but he said so it was very high, so which people shouldn't question it. It was very high. It was extremely high. Oh, used all, they used a lot of trigger words. Inside that conversation, they they talked about your loved ones doing it for them. They talked about prevention rather than cure, rather than the treatments prevent it from happening. But we know that they cannot prevent it because what they've given everybody so far doesn't stop transmission and doesn't um, stop infection. So linking it to the flu vaccine which to some extent has saved lives because it's a live attenuated vaccine as opposed to uh, an mrna gene therapy not going forward not anymore <laughs> no no going forward this is what i was about to say going forward the new multi-strain flu vaccine is going to be an mrna vaccine so yep. i i had my last flu vaccine about three years ago, and I won't have another one. But they're making more and more of medicine that people are used to accepting MNRA-based. And this is the plan. This is the overall plan. They had to introduce it somehow. This goes right back to Gates's TED talk about, oh, wouldn't it be wonderful if we could just change this part of your DNA so that you're no longer aggressive? so that you do as you're told, so that you're compliant is what he meant, not just to stop war and conflict, but that part of us that is our aggression is more about getting things done. It's about achieving a goal. It's what drives us or drives some people anyway. 
And knowing how to use your aggression is a very useful skill. And just about everybody I know from my you know prior professions knew how to use their aggression because that was the way they were motivated. You'd get tense, you'd get anxiety, you'd get stressed, and then you'd turn that into aggression and that would get you through whatever task was ahead of you. And that's what they want to remove because once they've removed that from as much of the population of the planet as possible, they've got a completely compliant workforce for the few jobs that will be left. And they won't need that many of us, you know, with all the automation. We've, we've talked about this ad infinitum. But yeah, two snake oil salesmen deciding or trying to sort out how they can keep selling their crap in the same town. Yeah, hit it on the button. And you're right, yeah. Focus, that's what they're trying to kill from people. That's why you got the grey mass. If you can't channel that energy, that anger in a direction, you can't focus. If you haven't got it, you become a null point. That monster in D&D, the shambling mound, that's, that's, what, that's what so many people have become, a shambling mound. A shambling mound of humanity that has uh, no aggression, no will to do, to question anything. And these are the people that we still need to save because if we don't save them, there won't be enough of us left to fight the kind of power and influence that people like Schwab, Gates... Well, Yes and, no. yes and no. I, I think you're giving them too much credit, to be honest with you. I mean, these people, I, I mean, let, let's just be fair here. You know, I, I've said this in the past. These are not enlightened people. These are not people that you should revere. These people should literally be mocked and laughed into oblivion. Like, they're, they're not... But they're not being. No, they're, well, they're not it, being. Yes, they that. are. Yes, they are. They, they by are. Us. in the, Yes, by us. But they're also being mocked out in the town square, too. Uh, and here's my evidence to that, right? Every time that's Germany. Well, yeah, of course that's Germany. But that's that yeah, that's what they do here. But I'm talking about the digital town square because that's what's unified the world, social media. Every time these people at the World Economic Forum, every time they post something, they get so much hatred and backlash that they have to disable the comments. YouTube has actually removed that that's part of the reason that Google actually removed the dislike feature. Because every time the WEF would put out one of their ridiculous videos of, of some dystopic piece of nonsense that they come up with in their think tanks down there, it gets so many downvotes that it never gets recommended to anybody. And it, the video becomes actually hidden because the algorithms that are within YouTube won't display it anywhere. So you have to go find it someplace. So they get I've, so I've, much... I know, go ahead. I know exactly what you're saying because as I still engage in Facebook and um, Twitter, that... I've seen this in some of the links, particularly the Australian news channels, where they'll be putting out some piece of news that is pro-Great Reset, pro-vaccine. You won't be able to comment. Yet you can see comments are there where you can press on the comments, but you won't be able to comment individually. And as you say, the majority of them are negative, uh, deride, derising comments about whatever the news piece is. and. I do wonder, and well, I don't need to wonder really, because people like Schwab, they don't operate their own social media. They have someone for that. And that individual will just cherry pick the things that they want to tell Schwab. The world is full of, well, I'm, I'm going to use a, a binary term. The, the world is full of yes men who are all too willing to do the bidding of 
arse hats yeah, like Klaus Schwab and Bill Gates. This is exactly the problem, is that right there. And as I said, you know, in the past, I've called these people losers. Do you know why I call them losers? Because that's what they are. You know, I'm not I'm not trying to uh, I'm not trying to sound condescending here, but this is why people don't like politicians. This is why people don't like these buffoon corporate heads. This is why people don't like uh, people down at the World Economic Forum, because they actually lose at everything that they try to do. They've never actually built anything. They've never built a product or a service that anybody wants or anybody needs. Now, you can argue Jeff Bezos, Amazon, all that stuff all day long. Okay, fine. The guy built a company out of a, of a place in his garage. Okay, great. Bill Gates, you want to tell me that guy actually built Microsoft? You want to tell me he built that company? He stole a mouse from Xerox, which was a British company, by the way, and he paid $50,000 for a line of code. That's all that he that has made him, apart from the fact that he got the inheritance from uh, Thomas Watson and the Watson family that cataloged the Holocaust. But hey, you know, I'm not going to split hairs here. But again, getting back to this WEF thing, they shut down their Twitter account over the weekend. You know, I'm sorry, Marty, you're not going to be able to, to follow them on Twitter any longer. Uh, they shut down their uh, their account. Now, instead, instead, this is just to give you another idea. If you want to continue to follow them, they've advised their followers on social media platforms to follow them on trusted platforms, platforms where they get where they get mm. actual credible information apps like tiktok and wechat yeah and instagram oh, don't forget. And, inst- and instagram facebook linkedin youtube those yeah. things yes where they get trusted information it's funny actually that uh i don't know because i haven't i haven't looked into it. as i told you the other week that i changed my pronouns on uh linkedin because it gives you the option. And I was sick of seeing so many of my colleagues and bosses with their pronouns proudly presented. So I, I changed mine to anything you like, but not late for dinner. But I don't know. I haven't seen it on Fastbook yet, whether whether or not they've got that ability to state your pronouns. But then again, you know, it, it is so nonsensical and ridiculous that perhaps even Zuckerberg doesn't want to do it. Rounding off on the COVID front, before we jump into the 15-minute city, since we can't seem to get away from uh, Klaus and his ilk, did you guys know that there's another treatment out there for COVID-19 that you guys are probably not paying any attention to? As males, all of us, right, we're, we're all biological males here and around this table this evening. Apparently, we're not paying attention to another thing that could help us fight off COVID, and that's something that we should probably do. Uh, with the worst symptoms of coronavirus tend to be men. And the idea is that oestrogen specifically can be protective. What it, what it does is boost your immune system. So your immune system reacts quicker to the virus once it takes hold uh, and you get less of a severe response. Uh, so yes, potentially uh, the contraceptive pill, HRT, can be protective in terms of boosting your immunity and protecting you against the serious signs and symptoms of COVID-19. More research needs to be done because, I mean, people are going to think, well, I'll go and get myself one. I'll, I'll risk my man boobs, maybe, and just go and get myself on the contraceptive pill. That's going to be an instinct to people, isn't it? Uh, yeah, it may, it may feel that way. Uh, all hormones have side effects. There's risks associated with it. You know, we, we've got... Uh, problems with certain types of estrogen-related cancers, breast mm. cancer, endometrial cancer, which is cancer of the lining of the womb as well. So everything has to be balanced. And we certainly wouldn't want everyone just going on estrogen pills or hormone pills, uh, because that interacts with lots of other things and can cause problems in itself. So it's all about 
striking a balance. And we certainly wouldn't recommend all men going on the hormones pill at all. Not, not yet, not no. without the right evidence. <laughs> I striking tend to think, balance. gentlemen, that he's already on that pill. I don't know about the rest of you. Does, does actually, actually, does anybody, you know, actually puts their daughter onto a contraceptive pill, does actually anybody read the paperwork that comes with that? Because it can be quite scary, yet what the actual side effects of and the fallout from the contraceptive pill alone. Does it have to do with COVID-19? Does it prevent COVID-19? <laughs> <laughs> but estrogen, so everybody should be what? Hang on. So if you want to boost your immune system, there's loads of natural products that do that. Why do you have to have estrogen? Why estrogen? Because that's just going to, hang on, totally mess up the male populace. That's what they want to do. They want to mess up the male populace. Years ago, someone told me the joke about the male contraceptive pill because you put it's a fairly large pill and you put it in your shoe and it makes you limp. <laughs> but that guy, and, and this is again is for our listeners who look on our Telegram page because I'm sure he'll be there. It's, it's a face that caused female reproductive organs to dry up instantly is, is that guy. If ever there was a case for someone not being allowed to marry their cousin, he was it. What a dreadful idea. Uh, sticking our, ourselves with, even putting it out there, sticking yourselves with female hormones that have significant changes uh, or can make significant changes to your body as, as a way of countering a virus that's got a 99.97 survival rate seriously why is that on television the watchdog should be straight onto that and saying why are you broadcasting this utter bollocks why couldn't you have picked a more attractive man to do so someone who's not the product of people who are too closely related absolutely <laughs> ridiculous Did you see his webbed fingers Look, there's nothing wrong with webcams. You know, you know, I'm originally from Norfolk, and it's very convenient to be able to walk into a pint um, with your ha one hand in the pocket, lift the other one up, and say six pints, please. <laughs> so, yeah, no, I'm, I'm sorry, I, I've, I've run out of words. I just think that guy. I mean, he even, even rolled a list off of you know. You, you the see what I mean about central. You see what I mean about central casting region. Do you see what I mean about central casting rejects now? Like that, that shouldn't even be on tell. That's ridiculous. That is, that is a side playing a banjo. He should have been playing a banjo in deliverance. That's what that guy should have been doing. <laughs> uh, no, but that, I mean, that's a, that's a serious, stupid extreme. I mean, if, hang on, if I want to roll something off the top of my head and said you wanted to get a natural thing to boost your immune system, and it would be something like echinacea. Echinacea is a natural product and it will boost your immune system. Why? And it's a natural one that nature gives you. Why would you put a man-made product in there? I mean, those guys were talking about uh, preventing and curing and that. If anybody that has is on medication, any pharmaceutical medication, please tell me that they're giving it to cure what you've got or are they just treating the symptoms? They yeah, are just treating in, in, your symptoms. In, as far as I'm aware, and I'm on quite a lot of medication, Apart from one, they're all just to treat the symptoms because exactly. that's what Big Pharma wants. They want you strung out. You're not being strung out on opioids or, or narcotics, but you're being strung out on, um, so the, on so the bad symptoms that the bad only symptoms. treat the symptoms and leave the actual problem there so you keep needing more and more and more. That's right. So around this table, around this table, there's three symptoms and the estrogen is to get rid of them. 
Yeah, that's you being Johnny. <laughs> so pharmaceutical answer is let's get rid of the um, one side of the binary number. Yeah. Is it parthenogenesis where you, you basically make yourself pregnant? It is, isn't it? Is, is that what they're aiming that's for? That's an interesting well, idea, Mike. I, I don't know. Think, well, no. Well, certain, no. Certain it's... creatures... Certain creatures can do this. Some birds can, uh, some lizards can, and some fish they can. They can. Have you heard but about it always happens. Have you heard about ectolife? I've heard of ectoplasm, but that was oh, no. yes, yeah. You heard about ectolife? What, the pods? Yeah, the pods. Oh, like, no. like they're actually going to grow people. I, I I can play some of that, but I want to. They've been they they they've been in the um marine life and the animal systems for ages doing stuff like that. And now they're taking the massive step up yeah. to human yeah. pods. They're, they're going to start growing people. Uh, it's, it's something that's straight out of the Matrix. I mean, I can play some of it because it, it plays into what we're going to get into right now, which is the 15-minute city. The city of Oxfordshire is going to be the first one to do this. The Where? <laughs> I knew it was going to be one of you. I knew it was going to be one of you. Oxfordshire. Excuse me, Oxford. What? No, sure. The county of Oxfordshire. The city is it a of county? Oxford. Okay, excuse yes. me. City Oxford of Oxford. Well, anyway, the county. Oxford to city. Apologies. Apologies. The county council of Oxfordshire has passed a resolution against the will of the constituency to start the world's first 15 minute city. And the. Uh, uh, the head, the guy that sits at the head of the council, he says, we're going to we're going to move ahead with it, regardless of whether or not the constituents want it or not. So what is it? Well, let's take a look. What if you could live in one of the world's great metropoles, but never had to commute? There's a way you could meet all your basic needs within a short walker cycle from home. It's called the 15 minute city. Plan urban environments with human beings at the center instead of cars. Instead of separate neighborhoods for living, working, and socializing, the 15-minute city imagines places where all three functions coexist. Car parking spots would be turned over to cycle lanes, and existing infrastructure would be transformed into multifunctional spaces. Schools could be used as community centers at night. Disused buildings could be turned into co-working spaces. When cities adopt new technologies like Internet of Things technologies, they're really having to dramatically change the way they do business to move from a static analog world into a dynamic world based on real-time information. And it can't happen without a foundation of policies to help ensure that as you roll out technologies, that you have adequate protections in place for privacy, for security. A smart city is not only about convenience or efficiency. It must be human-centric and achieve safety and security, fairness and accountability. The key is these technologies need to be interoperable and these policies need to be human-centric and drive inclusiveness. The G20 Global Smart Cities Alliance exists because governments everywhere want to know what policies are needed to build smart cities that live up to their values. We're bringing together leading cities, experts, institutions to share these policies through a roadmap built on real-world experiences. Since the G20 called for this initiative in 2019, the Global Smart City Alliance has been developing an impressive suite of policies in such areas as open data, accessibility, security, and privacy as core smart city components. I want to congratulate the Alliance 
alliance on launching the global policy framework so that there is no lag between what we can do and how we govern it. In just a year's time, we've kicked off the largest policy transformation for smart cities since the term was invented. We want to ensure that your city can chart a path forward that is more sustainable, that is more resilient, and ultimately more equitable and prosperous for all. So uh, we need 15-minute uh, smart cities, fellas. Um, and now to give you an idea of what life is going to be like in these places, we have this. This is tomorrow morning, and you are brushing your teeth. And at the same time, the city is cleaning itself. Tomorrow, your city will be in your smartphone. You can check the city status, traffic, and air pollution. In the same breath, you will find booking your smart vehicle as easy as ordering food. You'll drink your last sip of coffee and your smart vehicle will already be waiting for you. Tomorrow, your day will get off to a more enjoyable start. As you drive through town, you can check your personal footprint or actively participate in city issues. There is no rush hour in the morning, no waiting and no traffic jam. Everything is completely connected and communicates with everything else. Tomorrow, your city will have mobility hubs at every corner. They are a flexible, all-around offer for your personal transport. You can choose and switch whenever you want. Later tomorrow, you are working on your next great idea. While your smart city administration can optimize the city with smart workflows and processes, everything is in flow. The smart city empties the rubbish bins by itself. It knows where many vehicles are needed and where not. Tomorrow, the air in cities will be clean and parking spaces will become parks. The entire infrastructure is managed decentrally. Tomorrow, the cities will be safer and more worth living in. Tomorrow is great. Marty, the look uh, on your face. Is <laughs> look on your face. Shit. <laughs> um, it looked like you're ready to move in tomorrow. No, right. A, a few things, a few things, and I had a few things already, but those several videos for the benefit of the listener, one included a Frenchman from the Sorbonne that Johnny questioned his parentage, so we moved on from that and then played another one. What we have is a group of people who have been given a buzzword to use, that being human-centric. And each of them reminded me uh, of an old joke about they were filming an episode of Star Trek, one of the films out in Saudi or maybe the UAE. And it was at the height of the war against terror. And the sheikh, who was being shown around the film set and int introduced to the cast, said to the director, um, I have noticed that there are no Arabs in the cast. Uh, no Arabs appear in, in the whole of the film. Why is this? He said, that's because it's set in the future. And that reminds me of that film, of those films that we've watched. Where are all the useless people, the ones who used to empty the bins, the ones that uh, used to man the shops uh, and, and serve you in, in retail, the ones that used to deliver things to, you, to your house, like a postman or someone? Again, I've been using a lot of binary terms there, post person, you know, I think it's post carrier, I believe. Mail carrier, right. Yeah, mail They're carrier. not there anymore. The only person that, that, that was there in that main video was uh, a very attractive mixed-race young lady who spends all her day 
shining her ass on a chair, tapping on a keyboard as if she's creating something amazing. Where are the farmers? Where are the fishermen? Where are the, you know, all those other jobs? They're not there anymore. They're not imagining us in the future. These 15-minute cities are a wonderful idea if they don't come with the restrictions that they want to impose with it, that you don't go outside of your 15-minute city, that you don't travel anywhere. If you're in an urban environment, but you're a keen fisherman, or you like the odd bit of uh, a chance to go hunting, you're not allowed out of your 15-minute city without paying a severe fine. So stick that up your well that's yeah. a page to come back in. That he's going to have real trouble bleeping that one because you spoke over where I swore. But anyway, <laughs> what are they going to do? They're going to have a, a park and ride, so everyone with a decent no, vehicle you, that they no, you you don't have no because you don't own a car. You they actually car. say now. No, they actually say I own, now. I own, a, they don't, I own several cars actually and a boat. Yeah, so, and you're not going to be able no. to put fuel in them. Stick I mean, it, it, stick it. I don't <laughs> want to hear about it. You can no and. Uh, the people that were talking in, you. <laughs> the people that were talking in that video, the guy from Saudi Arabia doesn't know his ass from his elbow. He's been educated in another country. They live a fake life out there. It is fake. And they have already got those 15 minute zones set up. They already have. I've been there, I've lived there, I've worked there, I've worked in the UAE. They're gonna have to change a little bit in the UAE because you've been there, you've visited me while I was out there, Ned. Do you remember? Some streets had nothing but mobile phone shops on. The street yeah. of a thousand mobile phone shops. Why? The street of a thousand plumbers merch. Why do you need that? You all don't. in the same place. You don't, but they're all in the same place because all of these out, out there, and it's pretty much the same in Saudi, on marriage, you get four plots of land. One commercial, one residential, one agricultural, and one industrial. And those are given to you so that you can make some money. So you put buildings on your commercial properties and then you rent them out to another business, usually, you know, someone from India or Pakistan, and they will sell whatever they're going to sell in that building. And you keep and the what controlling tends to aspect. happen is, say again, Ned. You keep the controlling aspect of the company. Yeah, you, you are a, a major partner. So you've got a 51% share of that business, even though you don't have to do another stroke of work, you yeah. know. So... They're going to have to change a little bit in the UAE and and remove the the streets of a, a of a thousand sex toy shops. They haven't got those poor sods. But they're going to have to change. But Saudi is already doing it. And the new city that they built on the other side of Dubai for Expo Twenty that never happened, and they had it a couple of years later, is going to be these fifteen minute areas where you've got everything you need in them. Do you know what we used to have that? We used to have that here in the UK where I live. Not six miles away. You can get there on a bike. You definitely can get there on a bike. <laughs> yeah, within 15 minutes, yeah. Um, what used to be Hasler Hospital. It was the Royal oh, yeah. Navy's hospital. And I live on a peninsula. Uh, and there's only there's, there's one road in, one, one road out, basically. They closed that hospital, which also used to act as an A&E and would treat civilian patients as well. They closed that. Now the nearest hospital in heavy traffic is an hour and a half away. So, you know, in light traffic, you can get there in 25, 30 minutes by ambulance with blue lights on. It'll be interesting to hear what they what they think your amenities, all the amenities you need, I need are within access, 15 minutes. Basic I need access needs. to the sea. Yeah, basic boat. needs. I need, 
I need woodland so I can shoot things. Um, <laughs> that I, was somebody yeah. to a tree. Basic I mean, needs. I think it comes out of this, the basic needs. You notice they were talking about everybody will be given their that basic needs. That would be the needs. Communist Manifesto as written by, was it Engels and Marx? That would be correct, sir. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, I believe in here it's um, to each his ability, each will be given his needs. Huh, it sounds awful familiar. It sounds like it's right out of what they're talking Oh, that's talking right about. then, because I'm extremely able. I, I <laughs> need more than others. So that's fine. <laughs> According to the WEF, we need these things, and the pandemic proved it. It proved that we needed these things. You see, because we had to go all that distance to, to do our normal everyday things, well, see, we need the 15-minute places now because that will give you everything you need, and you won't have to travel all that way, you see. So you won't have to go 45 minutes to that the shopping mall or or to that special store you like or anything. You see, it's all going to be right there for you. It's all going to be convenient. Of course, they don't tell you that, as you said, you're not going to be able to leave it. Like, that's going to be your prison. Store. Yeah, the bug store. That's I've what just, it's going to be. I've just had a real eye-opener. Friends of ours... Uh, who we went to visit a little while ago, not the one who said, uh, I'll, I'll pay attention when it actually directly affects me. These are another pair. They have a daughter, and that daughter is working for a charity that's working out how to make the most of the facilities within a certain area. And that idea about using schools as a, as a community centre, actually, that's a good idea. We've got all those buildings that, that are there. We've got equipment in them. If they're not being used during the day, they should be used by somebody else during the night. But we used to have night classes. There used to be all this, yep. you know, further education and adult education um, opportunities. But successive governments have cut funding for local authorities, and now they can't provide them. And now they're saying they're all, all of a sudden going to do it again. They're going to provide them again. I don't on their think terms. So. On their terms. No. On, they yeah, on, on their terms. Under your uh, allowance, your digital allowance. Your QR code. Yeah, your not, QR code I'm, and your vaccination status is going to be your social I'm credit. I'm more angry about this bullshit than I am about than possibly COVID. Because, okay. All right. Well, let's let's let's. All right. Well, let me see if I can try and quell your anger here. Let me let me see if I let me <laughs> attempt this. Right. Ned's going to love this. So you know, he's just going to make me worse now, don't you, Ned? Yeah. <laughs> how do you know that? How, how do you know that? I'm just trying to end the year with a bang. But your lips so, are moving. <laughs> <laughs> you make it sound like I'm some politician. So. Maybe we're looking at this all wrong. Now, see, now I can't do it with a straight face. Maybe we're looking at this all wrong. What did the World Economic Forum say? Who, by the way, are the main drivers behind this? And oddly enough, we wouldn't need the 15-minute cities, which we actually don't, but we wouldn't need that if we didn't get the pandemic, which we actually didn't get if they didn't create it in the first place. So problem, reaction, solution, we're right back to square one. Maybe we're looking at this all wrong. Maybe we need to take our inspiration from where, where was it that Klaus was a couple of weeks ago, Marty? Where was he? Well, he was doing an interview on some state media television in some country. Where was oh, he? Oh, Russia, wasn't he? He was in Russia. No, he was in China. No, China. China, same thing yeah. as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, yes, pretty it much. Was China. Yeah, he was in China. And what did he say? Ah, uh, well, you know, certainly China is is a model that you you must look up to. And it's something that, you know, each country should adopt. Well, let's see how the Chinese are doing it in Shenhua, which is a subdivision of Shanghai. The action plan, a 15-minute community life circle in Xinhua Street, sub-district. 
Establishing 15-minute community life circle is an important way to practice city for people. It is also a significant action to accomplish the goal of an excellent global city proposed in the Shanghai 2035 Master Plan. Xinhua Street Subdistrict is the first pilot project of 15-minute community life circle in Shanghai. The action plan emphasizes people-centered in philosophy, implementation-oriented in action, multiple collaboration in methods, and wisdom support in technology. It is a demonstration project to promote the transformation of planning and build a Shanghai sample under the background of strengthening social management in China. The action plan takes garden community, humanistic Xinhua as the vision, and serves the whole life cycle of the community from planning to construction. It actively improves community services through the five suitable actions, which include people's living, working, learning, traveling, and nursing. The five suitable actions finally determine a blueprint and a set of project lists through demand integration, resource exploration, and action formulation. According to the latest policy and planning orientation, six cooperative paths was first suggested in Xinhua's pilot project. Including co-create the management mechanism, co-research the community demands, co-design the planning blueprint, co-develop the community construction, co-evaluate the implementation effect, co-maintain the management achievements. The core of the six cooperative paths is a strong institutional. Okay, I can't take any more of that garbage. I, I'm sorry, fellas, I just can't do it. That no, right there. That, that's, that's, that was good because do you remember Daiso? Ned, they called it the five dirham shop. So that's like a dollar shop or a pound shop. Pound shop, yeah, yeah. Well, that, yeah. Well, we used to go in and just buy any old crap because it was all produced in China, Taiwan, and Japan. And you didn't know you needed that item until you saw it on the shelves. But the the best part about the whole experience was reading the instructions because they were they were obviously written by the same person who did the script for for that. You're trying to tell me you're trying to tell me that these buffoons, these these idiots, and I'm I'm sorry to say, like these people, if they experience. yeah, if these people, if these people in in government, these bureaucracies, and, and the World Economic Forum, and and all the rest of these these morons they've got on board with this, if these people a bit of English before well, it's put out on the video. It's just it's well that that yes, but to the point. I mean, if you if you transition that from what's going on in China over here because they're transplanting that garbage here. If you're to look at these people that do this, do you know what these people are that come up with this type of nonsense? They're unemployable. I've mentioned that before. They're products of the universities that come out and they have absolutely no skills, no wherewithal, no connection to the real world. There's nothing that these people can do. They can't even get a job flipping burgers. And I'm not even insulting burger flippers because they possess probably more intelligence than these people do. Well, they've certainly got a you know a, a skill that we need, unlike these people. Yeah, you know, if you can tell when a patty's perfectly cooked and flip it at the right time, you've got a purpose in life. Exactly. Um, and exactly. Let's face it. Most people, most of us, have gone through those jobs. It's a rite of passage. It's a way of learning things uh, and getting used to where you're going to find yourself in later life. There's no experience that you don't learn from one way or another. But the last time I was in Shanghai was 1986. Very long time ago. It has changed beyond all recognition. But the one thing they missed off the, that six plan thingy that they had was 
unhygienic wet market where you can buy your live snakes, <laughs> monkeys' brains, pangolin, and infected bat. There, there wasn't one of those there. No, there um, wasn't. So yeah. I, I think they're going to have to have a rethink. Uh, and and maybe you're trying to tell me like you're, that that looked like it, just the the promo of it again you know it's just propaganda but you you look at the like the way that this is portrayed like China is some kind of uh, clean utopian whatever it is not it is anything but it's not the the clean plastic cities that we get shown that's not what that no, place I know, looks like I, know that. I mean people very close to me were in China four years ago and. They, they did a whole tour of the Middle East. They were away for about six to eight weeks. Uh, they went to Japan. They went to Thailand. They went to China and maybe one other place. Retail and China there. that they experienced was dirty, filthy, overcrowded, yeah. not a great place to be. And, you know, no chance of claiming their money back. But it is what it is. And when I went to Shanghai back in 86... It was a uh, it was a dirty, busy city. However, there were green open spaces, and the people doing ballroom dancing in the afternoons, tai chi in the mornings, early mornings, as we stumbled back from the seaman seaman's mission, full of very cheap vodka. But they've changed it. It now looks like well, the only thing I can compare it to is the housing development they put onto Sentosa in in Singapore. All these beautiful tiled roofs and and white walls and it all looks absolutely marvelous who wouldn't want to live there but that's not what real china looks like that's what's there for the privileged few that are the cronies of the leading people within the ccp and you won't get to be there unless your social scoring is high enough and if it's not high enough you'll probably be dead soon you know What's running parallel with this? That's why they want to achieve the 15-minute city, so they can actually shut you down. Because since 2015, in the COP15, what they called the 30 by 30 uh, New Deal for Nature is where they wanted to achieve 30% of land mass and oceans not settled by or used by people. That's 30% of your globe. They reckon they should remove people off and for the good of the planet. So your 15 by 15 will then go along. Somebody will have to be there, and I'm sure Gates will have a couple of places in there. But um, no doubt, looking after it. But but this is it, and this is what they've and they've got all their um they've all had their voices running parallel with this. You've got your cities to achieve that, and yet you've got your your WWF, your WCS, the TNC, the you know the nature conservation people and everything, and they're all mouthpieces for the UN, and they're running parallel with your fifteen-minute city because they want to achieve that thirty by thirty, and they're just they can bleeding, do the land grab. They're just bleeding money like leeches out of sad old people who watch certain channels on daytime TV. You know, sponsor this leopard for. 55 yeah, yeah, but Marty, Marty, look, look, look at it, right? You're supposed to be under a conservation thing, yeah? Which should be, can you just give money? Fine, donate the money. But why do you have to have a booklet and a load of paper and a cuddly toy that looks like a really poor pussy cat? That's not really about conservation. Exactly. And, I mean, the proof is there. They go, have all this lot. Thank you very much. I don't want to be flippant, but I tell you what, if they want to push us down this route, Let's let's go completely rural on their asses. Let's bin it all. 
I've got the skills. You've got the skills. Johnny's got the skills. The man sat next to me, who we've not introduced, he's got the skills. We can survive without supermarkets, without, you know, mass-produced stuff. We can do it. They can't. Those people who are coming up with these ideas cannot survive outside of an urban environment. And so they think that we need to remain in one because it's the only safe place and it will give the rest of the planet a chance. Well, screw you. I was lucky enough to be born onto this planet and I want to enjoy it. And I want to go places and do things that I enjoy doing. I'd live by one creed. You know, I'm not a religious man, but that one creed, do as you will, but harm none. And if someone harms you, then they can stand by because I'm going to harm them right back. And these people are trying to harm me. And, and what I like to do and what we like to do. So I don't want to shortchange the listeners. I'll be close to two hours. Is there something else we could do? Tap dance, got, bit of a song? Yeah, we got, we got about 10 minutes left, yeah. The difference to what I found out about America is you don't actually own the land your house is on. Is that right in America? That is true. You have to pay something called property taxes. You have such a thing as common land out there as in people's land. Because in, in the UK, we have... Common land, don't yeah, we? Yeah, it's it's basically it, we call it public land. Yeah, we do. Not public. You... This is common land. This is where it, it, the commoners go. Going back oh, no. to no, no. Going back to Magna Carta. Uh, you know, twelve fifteen, just after lunch, uh, and uh, where it was signed. Part of that was there would be tracts of land for commoners to graze their cattle. You try that today, Ned. If you wanted to go to the Nethered and graze your five or six cows, I don't think you'd, you'd be able to do it. I don't think that we've really got the same rights that we used to have. Wimbledon Common, you know where the Wombles come from? I've been that, to Wimbledon Common. I, I know you live not far Common. from there. Yeah, I, I know. That used to be for people living in London, of course, within the slums of London, to be able to go and graze their sheep and, and goat and stuff and a cow they as kept as, for milk. Yeah, as far as grazing goes, yes, you, you do have common land for like grazing and stuff. But as far as like living on it, I don't believe that New Forest, that's the closest one to you. I think they can still do it in New Forest. They still do. Yeah, in, in the New Forest. But again, there's 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 wild horses in the, in the New Forest, but apparently somebody owns them all. Here's an interesting concept, right? Now, just kind of rounding off on this this uh, city thing, because we're talking about you know going back to rural and stuff. Okay, so let's look just for a second, right? Just for the sake of argument, let's say that they do want to have this uh, 15 minute dystopian hellhole, right? So let's say they can actually get that off the ground. First of all, it's not going to work. Okay, that's just what I'm going to say because like the ma- you're you're trying to tell me that the complexity of doing one of these things is going to be managed by these idiots. It's not going to happen. These people can't manage a lemonade stand. You're going to put them in charge of that. It's not going to work. So let's just assume for the sake of argument that this will be done as the uh, county uh, of Oxfordshire uh, council head has said. It doesn't matter what the constituency says. We're doing it anyway, regardless of what they say. Okay, let's look at the city of Oxford which is where it's going to be uh, introduced. And let's look at Paris. Okay, Paris. Paris has said that they're going to uh, start immediately on their 15-minute city. The entire city of Paris is going to become a 15-minute city. This is Paris 96 hours ago. You're telling me that they're going to create some kind of a utopia out of this. I don't think so. I don't think that this is going to work in any way, shape, or form in any of these large cities because every major metropolitan area is going to be part of, at least on the European landmass, is going to be part of 
tri-state city, which is going to be subsets around it, just like they were talking about in Shanghai, of 15-minute cities. All of those are going to be uh, little subsets of it. And you're telling me that you're going to be able to, to create some utopia out of stuff like this? For the benefit of the listener, what Johnny is showing us is uh, scenes of rioting uh, in the street, which all kicked off from a sectarian attack on Kurds, and then they've turned onto the police. And the issue with all European capitals, London included, is that you have ghettos. There are ghettos in those cities. And how are you going to have an area cordoned off where you've got mainly Islamic people living, Muslims living, another area where you've got Christians living, another area where you've got Jews living? I don't know of any Buddhist ghettos in, in mainland Europe, but I'm, I'm sure there must be some somewhere. That's the issue you have. You just cannot take an ancient city like Paris and turn it into one of these 15-minute cities. I mean, you've got certain amenities there already. You've got the Arc de Triomphe, the Eiffel Tower, the Louvre. Um, Champs-Élysées. Notre Dame, Notre Dame, the Champs-Élysées. <laughs> it's outside your so, 15 minutes. Yeah, so yeah it's you're outside not your 15 minutes. Yeah. See them. You're not going to be able to go and see them, but you'll become an absolute f***ing expert on one of them. That's, that's if thing, you'll be allowed to go there, because that's a, that's that's well, that, that's that's debatable, because they say that uh, you'll be allowed to visit a park or a major attraction within that 15 minute city two or three times in your life. So in any one of these cities, you're going to you're going to need you're going to need within 15 minutes, a walking distance, probably a synagogue, a mosque, an ashram, a church. I don't know, the Bohemian Grove. Um, any of those things you're going to need you're going to need something you, you might need a stone circle for any druids buddhist temples we, you, we, know, you got to be inclusive yeah absolutely but then again my body you know buddhist bodies are temples oh, so that's they, true. they, they can just pray in their apartment no we we've got to stop giving this credence I, i'm not saying let's not talk about it but it's let's make that. sure that we give small it places, enough scorn small places but not big small places they'll get away with it oxford isn't that big if it happens in oxford it'll then happen in cambridge but in your metropolises it's just you can't it's just an impossibility like i said earlier we used to have all of those amenities swimming pool just up the road uh ice rink a hospital several churches nearby parks they're all here but they've been underfunded and run down over the last few decades, the only way in which they're going to be brought up to date, refurbished, made fit for purpose, is going to be for a much smaller population. That's the only way they can actually that do that. Head, then. And, that, and, and, that, and do that, a thirty percent land grab. Yeah, you need a lot yeah, less yeah. people. That, and that's why they want to feed men female contraceptive <laughs> pills. That's why that's they amazing. want to give us a vaccine, sorry, a gene therapy that also reduces sperm count. That's why they, they want to encourage more people to be trans. They, they are just trying to stop us from breeding. It, it's as simple as that. All of these dots join up. They do join up. But again, we have to be careful of confirmation bias. But so far, everything I'm seeing is just telling me that they are at war with us over our reproductive rights. And one of the everything. biggest things... I think it's everything. Yeah. Well, 
<laughs> if we stop reproducing, oh, it won't have a problem because we go away. Oh no, they'll still have, quite no, they'll still have a problem. That's the thing is if like if you look at all of the ways that uh, overpopulation happens, it's because you take away the progression of society and the progression of civilization. When you have a society that progresses to a certain point, scientifically, technologically, agriculturally, and all the rest of it, when you have a prosperous society, you know, industrialization happens and, and all the rest of it, then people become so focused and, and so centered on their own lives and their own quality of life that they stop having children. So if you industrialize in countries, the population actually drops. Mm -hmm. it, it does. You're absolutely right. You look at the traditions within less developed places, although there are some extremely developed places within Africa, but there are places where you still need to have six or seven children to ensure three or four of them Continuing survive into profit, adulthood. Yeah. That's right. They just keep popping them out. And it itself, it itself and puts a strain on everything. And those three or four children are your pension. Because you haven't been paying into a pension, you've been subsistence farming, and everything that you've produced, you've eaten, and you've grown your family as a result of that. And then they take over. And in your old age, when you can no longer till the fields and grow food, um, children. they will be growing it for you. And it's the same in parts of South America. It's the same in parts of Asia. They have to have more children. Most people in Western society, you've heard the phrase 2.4 children, the nuclear family, mum, dad, 2.4 children. There was even a TV comedy about based on that, on, on 2.4 children. That is how we, that's, that is what happens. So as we develop other countries, if we had have developed these other countries properly and, or allowed them to develop themselves without constantly put the, putting them through proxy wars and agitation through, again, I apologize to the Americans' listeners, Placement but American foreign policy yeah. has largely destabilized these countries and not allowed them to develop. I'm, I'm going to shut up because it just, it just makes me so angry. Endless. It is endless. It is endless. To get you to accept these things, of course, you have to do what? You have to educate people to accept them in the new way of thinking. How are they going to do that? Let's take a listen. We put emphasis on what I said before, public-private partnerships, which we accompany. So when we define a, a project like our global educational initiative, I, I just describe it in a, in, a, in a second, we have under the leadership of Cisco and many other companies, practically all the big names, we, we try to revolutionize the educational system of uh, Jordan, Egypt, um, and now Burundi um, by working together with the local uh, authorities. Um, we work also together with UNESCO, not only to equip the schools, but to put, uh, to retrain the teachers, to put the new curriculum into, uh, curricula into place. So we work together with the, we accompany those companies. Uh, we, we do not, that's a, that's a difference to the Clinton Initiative, which mainly, um, um, and which is a good thing, which asks companies to pledge some money to make a commitment and some to come back and to report. Uh, we are with the initiative from the beginning uh, to the end. 
were with the initiative well, from the beginning to the end. I knew you were going to just pop off there. But yeah, that's that's oh. the education system that they're going to now up. How do you yeah, say uh, uh, revolutionize? Revolutionize. What he means is groom. Yeah. That's how they penetrate the cabinets. We have penetrated the cabinets. We are so proud that we have penetrated the cabinets. As soon as, as soon as it's driven by corporations, they will basically be creating people to work within their business. But you and know, cherry pick says, that, and that is their education. Yeah, it won't be an education. There is an education now. Like I would argue, and I, I've been I've been saying this for a while, that the universities going forward, I'm not saying that you haven't been able to get a decent education. I'm not saying you still can't, but majority of the universities, they're not teaching people. They're indoctrinating people. They've been doing that for a long yeah. time. They groom you through these institutions to go and work into these corporations, and that's all you know. They don't teach you how to think. They teach you what to think. That's it. There's no independent critical thought that evaluates alternatives and then makes your own choice on something. It's you do what you're told and you don't question anything because you're part of this and that's how and things we have are. A, and we have a position for you if you toe yes, the line. If you toe the line, exactly. And you notice he said Cisco systems there. Uh, gee, Klaus, is that the same Cisco systems that we sent to China to build their social credit system? Yeah, I think it is. Yep. Yeah. Cisco uh, systems is a platform for most of the uh, data Yep. And it's been, it's it's just sitting there. It's been west, within the Western world for oof, decades. Yep. Uh, yeah, I know. All right, gentlemen. It's been a, uh, it's been a, uh, it's been an absolute pleasure to have this uh, roundtable tonight. Any closing? Th I tell you what, let's, let's end this way. Everybody is doing New Year's resolutions, right? So let's close out 2020, uh, 2022 just a little bit differently. I'm going to make one no. prediction. Yeah, I'm going to make one prediction. I'm going to let, <laughs> well, let's I'm all make gonna, a prediction. I'm not going to have a resolution. Oh, prediction. Yeah, let's me. all make one prediction of what we think is going to happen next year. Okay. So I, I tell you what I'm going to say. I'm going to say that they're going to throw another. I'm looking at another pandemic release. That's my prediction for 2023. What do you got? Well, I don't have a prediction, actually, because uh, anything I said now, predicting-wise, would be tipping my enemy off. However, I would like <laughs> everyone to get together and crowdfund me for a first-class flight to Davos, please. <laughs> Are you going to the conference in, in a few weeks? <laughs> well, not publicly, no. Not publicly? Um, <laughs> Are you an invited guest? Uh, no. Um, if anyone can help me out, if anyone's got one of those machines that they use in Mission Impossible that will create a, a mask that you know works on my face uh, so that I could be indistinguishable, that would be, be really good. So, yeah, crowdfund me to Davos for the conference, but I can't make any predictions because, like I say, you, you don't want to... You're coming back. After a while, I expect. <laughs> what do you predict, Ned? What do you predict? My prediction? I don't know. I mean, personally, the first thing they've got to think, New Year is a point of reflection, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And that's a major thing they've got to do. Just remember that. New Year is a point of reflection, so you have to reflect on what you have seen, done, and whatever. And I will put my positiveness within humanity, and I will actually say it might take a bit more, a bit more in a positive swing. There'll be more people waking up next year. Inshallah. Yeah, I agree. 2023 is going to be the pivotal year. That's going to be the inflection point as to which way this is all going to go. Okay, gentlemen, it has been a fantastic year. I want to thank you both for being here on the last podcast of the year. I want to thank all of the listeners. We will go ahead and call this one done. 2022 is in the books, and we will see you all next year. Happy New Year, everybody. Yeah.